here we are, episode 12 of the Hands-On Gaming Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daz, and with me as always, my good friend, Brendan. How are you, mate? Excellent. And you, you just woken up? Oh, no, well, about two hours ago, <laughs> two, three hours ago. No, I'm awake. I'm awake now. I'm awake now. Yeah. I thought I I thought I thought um, had everything ready for the show, so... um. Once uh, we were ready to rock and roll about two, two and a half hours ago, um, it was I wasn't ready. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a delay. Yeah, yeah. We're on the road again. I, I had one job. I had one job. But, <laughs> you know, as soon as we were about to start, I noticed I didn't have everything right, and I just went, <laughs> I shook my fists. <laughs> So Classic. yeah, yeah. So uh, no, no, we're in a rock and roll. Um, today's show is a little special one as well. Um, just like the C sixty four episode, we're going to celebrate the fortieth anniversary of the ZX Spectrum. Now, this is more of a beginner's guide for us C sixty four users. So, um, as a lot of people know, the ZX Spectrum wasn't uh really known or released in um, other regions besides Europe. It was also in Russia, I think. But uh, here in Australia, it was, um, it was only available on import at selected stores, but I never knew about it besides um, CVG. I used to see screenshots mm. and that. Um, and I guess I could speak for... Brendan, it wasn't in South Africa, was it? No, it never got released. And exactly uh, the only reason I knew about a ZX Spectrum was also from C plus VG magazine because that was the only multi-format magazine mm-hmm. I read. The other ones were Commodore ones. So I used to yeah. see the the actual computer and see the screenshots of the games. So that was like my main exposure to a Spectrum. Yeah. Like, yeah, so we haven't really had much exposure. Look, I've had, I've had a a decent amount of exposure probably the last probably four or five years because I did import one from the UK. I had a, imported the Amstrad model plus two, the, the grey model. Um, out of Just out of interest, I thought, you know what, when I started my PC collecting, I thought, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go. And uh, I was, look, I was mighty impressed. And I have to admit, it's, it's uh, I'm a bit smitten by the machine. It's, you know, the C4 still is my favourite machine, but I just... I feel when I play this, I feel like a kid as well. It's it's a strange feeling. It makes me feel nostalgic, even though I've never, you know, I didn't have it as a kid. So that's that's kind of my feelings on it. But I'm learning every day, and um, and what this podcast is about is um, we've we've asked uh, a few people that grew up with the ZX Spectrum, um, from mostly from the UK, um. And, and we've got Matt's as well from Sweden. So um, it's a little bit varied there. So, like, um, we've asked them to uh, send through uh, some memories of their of their childhood and, 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 a, and a favourite game of theirs and a, a game that they've recommended us to, to play test. So, the, the, you know, so we, we, we can see what, what the ZX Spectrum had to offer back then and what they experienced. Now, um, it, these games do vary in... Um, how can I say our opinions, our opinions are our own and we're not, we're not trying to, um, how can I say downplay people's nostalgia? It's got nothing to do with that. It's more about personal taste. You know, some are more favorable than others. Um, so yeah, don't look, we're not bagging the machine and it's, it's more about the game itself. It's not even the machine. So, and, um, look, what there's, 
seven seven out of eight of the games that we reviewed are multi multi platform anyway. So we'll probably give the same review from on the other platforms. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there's yeah. only one exclusive on here, which we'll mention later. All right. So Brendan, you didn't really have any uh, exposure to this to the system besides CVG. It was you know. So, for example, like you used to see screenshots in CVG. What did you think of the games when you saw them? Did any intrigue you at all? Like, for example, I saw Street Fighter 2 on the ZX Spectrum. I thought, wow, that looks really good. That looks better than the C64 version. Whether did I know it was absolutely terrible. Yeah. But that that game doesn't belong in any 8-bit system. So it's no, not even the machine's fault. Never should have. Never should have. No, happened. no. <laughs> uh, you know what? Um I did actually play a Spectrum in South Africa oh. only once. Um, so my cousins actually had one, and we used to go visit them probably once a year because they used to live in Johannesburg, so it was really, really far for us to drive. So mm-hmm. I saw them like once a year, and the one year I remember going up there, and they said they got a new computer. And I was like, oh, cool. Like I immediately thought Commodore 64. So I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> I already had mine at that point. So I was like, oh, yeah, show me this thing. And they showed me and it was tiny, tiny little thing. And I, was, I immediately recognized it because of C plus VG magazine. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was a, a Spectrum, a ZX Spectrum. It was like the rubber keyboardy uh-huh. one. So, yeah. You know, so I guess that's like the first or second version. I'm not 100% sure, but it was really strange. And they had it hooked up to a black and white monitor, which probably did it a little bit of favors, like, you know, especially mm-hmm. <laughs> some of the games that I played. And they loaded up A View to a Kill, you know, the James Bond uh-huh. game. Yep. And I was actually really impressed because uh, it had the whole James Bond, like, kind of logo thing going across. And uh, I hadn't played it on the C64 yet, so... I was actually like, damn, I want this game now. Yeah. And then the next one they loaded up was uh, Daily Thompson's Decathlon. Oh, and that's pretty good. When, that, one, when that one started, I was really like weirded out by the graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but because it was on a black and white TV, it, I didn't notice, you know, there was, you didn't notice any color clash. Yeah. So, I said, so I said to them, hey, why don't you guys, why don't we take this thing to your lounge and hook it up to the color TV? Because I was really intrigued to see what it looked like, right? Yeah. Because uh, I'd been, I'd seen the Spectrum stuff on C plus VG magazine and the colors were always like just very strange mm-hmm. compared to like a Commodore. Mm-hmm. Like it was just, just strange it's, to me. Yeah, of course. It'd be very yeah, foreign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and so I was like, I really want to see what this looks like. And they said, you can do that. I was like, yeah, just hook it up to color TV. Like, what are you talking about? But I guess, like, you know, we, we were all kids, so we yeah. didn't know much about what we were doing. I said, yeah, you could just hook it up to a TV. So anyway, took it through and hooked it up and loaded up uh, Daily Toms. And I just remember, like, the weird colors. And my dad was there, too. And, I mean, he knew. I mean, he, had, he always watched me play the Commodore one. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what is this? <laughs> I was yeah. like, this, this is Daily Toms' Decathlon. And he's like wrong with the colors yeah yeah <laughs> i was like no this is what a spectrum looks like and we were you know we were very diplomatic about it we didn't like rub it in because we played the game and it it played really well mm-hmm. you know we're using the keyboard so it actually it's quite nice using the keyboard for uh daily thompson and uh yeah so that was my only experience the next time i ever went up there they didn't have the computer anymore so i don't know what happened to it mm-hmm. and that's the only time i'd I've ever seen a real Spectrum. I've seen one once, and 
then I moved to North America and uh, to Canada, and Spectrum doesn't exist, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to many gaming shows, and I've never even come across one at even, like, a gaming show, which mm-hmm. is kind of weird. But, yeah, like, zero experience. But looking at the C Plus VG magazine, though, it was always, like, there were a lot of games that kind of intrigued me. I think there was one which I was kind of jealous. I don't know why. Whenever mm-hmm. I looked at it, uh, whenever I saw the advert in the magazine, I was so jealous of this game. I don't know if it's any good or not. Which it's one? called um, Where Time Stood Still. I think oh, it okay. It, yes. It's just kind of like an asymmetric one yeah, that yeah, you know, yeah, the I Spectrum know. does really well. I, th- I think it was released It was Ocean? Yes, it was, was only released Ocean? on the ZX Spectrum yeah. and the Atari ST and PC. Yeah. Yeah, so that game always, uh, you know, made me jealous because it had that kind of Indiana Jones kind of look to it, you know, of the the advert, Mm -hmm. and it looked super cool. But, uh, you know, most of the other ones always looked at were always multi-format, so, you Mm -hmm. know, there wasn't any, like, mystery about it. Yeah. But I remember that game distinctly. It's funny you say that because that was was one I actually imported on its own from the UK because I thought, well, I want to play this. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, it was it wasn't my cup of tea, and I can tell you, you probably mm. wouldn't have liked it either. Probably won't. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of looked like the Great Escape. Th- yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But funny enough, there was actually uh, someone mm. ported it over to the Amiga as well. They coded it from the entire ST mm. and made an Amiga version that, of that. Yeah. So, mm. yeah, I mean, yeah, you need a bit of patience with those games, I think, and, and that's I've learned that with this with this uh, show today with uh, cause one of them that we are reviewing is the great escape. So um, yeah, uh, just a quick overview of the, of the models that were released. Um, the first model was, was a small rubber key one that everyone would have uh, been familiar with. The one that you would have played with Brendan was the 16 K model and it was a 48 K model. And um, Matt's later will, um, will tell a story about that. So uh, I won't get into full detail about that mm-hmm. model. Then there was a spectrum plus as far as I know, is it also a 48 K, but it was a hard, it was a proper keyboard. Now it was like a hard plastic you know, a proper yeah. keyboard. Didn't have the membrane keyboard from, from what I know is, of. Is, was that the one with the cassette deck built into no, it? No, no, no. That's, that's no, a bit not, later. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you had the, the ZX Spectrum 128K model. So mm-hmm. this this is where I like the ZX yeah. Spectrum with the extra yeah, exactly. RAM. Um, look, there there are some highlights with the 48K era and 16K era. I'm not, I'm not doubting that. But look, uh, and I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of the beeper. I prefer the AY mm. chip. I think, when that's utilized, it's really cool. And uh, then um, Spectrum was sold to Amstrad. And then Amstrad released their own models, which is the one that you've just mentioned, the Plus 2 oh, with the tape yeah. deck. Um, mm-hmm. And then they released a, two, a Plus 2A model, which is a different color. I think it was black. The Plus 2 was a was a gray. But this one I owned. That's one I bought a few years oh. ago, which I sold for a ZX Spectrum Next, which hopefully I get next year. And then uh, there was a plus three model, which was the disc version. So these last three were Amstrad's. And I think that came out in 1990 or 89, sometime like that. But uh, this is not a tech episode, so don't quote me 100%. But um, yeah, so they're all the models. And so they they were pretty busy with the models of the ZX Spectrum. I mean, the 64 only had two or three, if you include the, the console. Oh no! Yeah. Well, then, yeah, you know, and one twenty eight, yeah, one twenty eight, yeah. But that's that's more of a, I think, more of a computer on its that's, own. Yeah, yeah. It's not really. 
yeah. too much of a difference. I, th- I personally <laughs> think it's a waste of time, that machine. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't make any difference. <laughs> you know, people used to buy that to play the 64 games, but anyway. Yeah, like, whatever. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was on a 64 podcast. This is a ZX Spectrum podcast. So anyway, let's get into it. So, uh, yeah, we asked um, many people from the ZX Spectrum community and uh, like I said, we asked them for um, just to talk about a story when they were kids, you know, some a nostalgic story and uh, a game that they loved and a game that they wanted us to review. So um, first, who should we go with? Okay, we'll go with Andy Goodoy from um, Get to the Chopper podcast, my good friend Andy. So um, let's go ahead with Andy. Hello there, Daz. This is Andy from the Andy Goddard Show and Get to the Chopper. Now, I'm here, well, I've been invited to talk about, for about five minutes, about one of my favourite computers ever, and it is my favourite computer ever, that is the ZX Spectrum. Now, we're celebrating the ZX Spectrum's 40th birthday, and I'll tell you what, that really, really makes me feel old, you know, I'm 45 now, and I can't believe that the ZX Spectrum is 40 years old. So happy birthday, um, the ZX Spectrum. And honestly, for those that don't know the ZX Spectrum, let me just quickly tell you something about it. It was the British icon, you know, done by Clive Sinclair. It it was budget sort of like home computing, and it did it so well. So when people think of the ZX Spectrum, they think of that little rubber-keyed wonder, 48K wonder. And I'd say what? I came a little bit late to the party and never owned a 48K ZX Spectrum, but there were other variations. Now, the one that I owned was a ZX Spectrum Plus 2, and I think this is when Amstrad had taken over, and it's... I love it. For me, that is the ZX Spectrum. For others, obviously, visually, it's a 48K, and I can totally understand that. Now, being I came to it a little bit late to the party, I did miss out on a generation of amazing sort of like games now i came to it to the point where there were sort of like one two eight games as opposed to 48k games now the 48k had beeper music the uh one two eight k also had beeper but also had the uh, ay chip and it just added so much more oomph but each sort of sound it's got its own distinctive like feeling you know to the specy itself now I want to talk a little bit about the ZX Spectrum and why it's such an amazing computer. Now, I know there's always been the 8-bit wars. People mock what was better, the Commodore 64, the Spectrum, the Amstrad, or whatever else. For me, it was always the ZX Spectrum, and the reason why I loved it was because it was the computer that I owned. I wanted a Commodore 64. I loved the SID chip. I loved the graphics. I loved... Just the look of it, and loads of people I knew had a Commodore 64, but one Christmas, bad mistake, I remember telling my parents that I wanted a ZX Spectrum, sorry, a Commodore 64, and guess what? They got me a Specky. At first, I was a bit disappointed, I had to hide my disappointment. I didn't know too much about the Specky at the time, all I knew that were people said it was inferior, uh, it didn't have the colour, the, the, the music wasn't as good, but you know what? I grew to love it. And it's something that I really became sort of passionate about. You know, I love the color clash. And this is one of the things I want to talk about. Now, games either had lots of color clash and, well, attribute clash. And it was due to the limited uh, color palette and everything like that. But what I did love about it was it had, its color was very vibrant in contrast to, say, the Commodore 64. 
you know you had your magentas you had your other colors that really stood out and make every game look very distinctive and that's one thing that i will say now guys that nowadays when you get a game for the xbox or the playstation they pretty much look identical apart from maybe something running a little bit slower or just something slightly different but in this back in the day every version of a game that you own would look very very different so it was always a joy to sort of like see the other versions and sort of like get competitive you know i was in the spectrum tribe i was always there the specky versions is the best but you know what in all fairness all we were lucky to own what we owned and we were protective because we were kids and now with nostalgia and passion we still love our first love and my first love was a zx spectrum it was an amazing computer now the game i want to talk about that really just wows me to this day the game that i think is the best zx spectrum game and by i'll tell you what it's not an easy feat to select a, a game i'm going to go for fantasy world dizzy now this was the third game in the dizzy series and i tell you what guys in my opinion it is the best now the first dizzy was a cartoon adventure the ultimate cartoon adventure where you play dizzy this little egg looking hero and you have to go around solving puzzles uh, but the second game took you to treasure island but you only had one life but i felt the third game really refined everything just to perfection it did things that not even the amiga game which was a 16-bit sort of computer didn't do now in fantasy world dizzy it starts off with some sampled speech you've got to sort of escape this dungeon uh, then your adventure begins you've got to sort of like interact with your friends and your family but it's got so many hidden things and i'll give you an example when i said the amiga hasn't got it in the main hall you go there it shows us some stairs it's got like a little a graphic of um a little picture frame on the spectrum version on the 128k version you click on it it brings up the loading screen from treasure island dizzy and that is not on the amiga and i've got to be honest that Dizzy only looks right on the 8-bit computers. It didn't look right on the NES. On the Amiga, it didn't feel at home. Maybe it was the color clash. Maybe it was the colors that you use on the ZX Spectrum, but it worked fantastic. So before I round it up, I just want to say uh, thank you, Daz, for allowing me to do this. Guys, there's so many games to choose and play on the ZX Spectrum. 40 years later, it's celebrating its birthday. It's still going. Games are still being made, which is unbelievable you've got magazines that have been made crash magazine thank you chris wilkins is back and it is just incredible the spectrum is going to live hopefully another 40 years and beyond that i'll be playing this when i'm an old old man in my sort of 90s i'll still be playing games like manic miner chucky egg bomb jack target renegade but you know what guys i shall say goodbye thank you very much for allowing me to do this goodbye Okay, so there we have we had Andy there. Of course, you picked a dizzy game. I mean, you can't not not pick a dizzy game. So uh, that's uh, that was great. And thanks for that, Andy. Thanks for um, explaining a lot of the Amstrad models and that kind of thing too. So it's best best I leave that with yeah. the with the professionals, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah. look, okay, well, I'll go first. Um, I was I've been familiar with this game, so I I know it well. Um, yeah, the game starts nice looking uh, start screen. But you know what cracks me up? It's that demonic sounding voice at the start. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's That's hilarious. It's pretty funny. It wow. is, it is. I think it's I'm, I'm assuming it's one of the, the Oliver twins. But Definitely geez. one of them. 
Yeah, yeah, but geez, that's it was hilarious. But anyway, uh, game. I thought the game control is great uh, this time, and you have and you have spare lives now. You're not just one yeah, kill and you're dead. Not just one death. <laughs> so it makes the game a lot, lot more entertaining and, and doable. You know, and more, more or less, mm. more entertaining because it's, it's you can't have a game with just one, one life. Like I think with the, no, with the first one, I think it was part ridiculous. one. Yeah, that's because it was a game. There was a bug later in the game. They had to do that. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, I like the in-game music. Um, it is obviously playing on a what, these all the games that we've reviewed today has 120k. Well, that's what I did. I'm pretty sure that's what you would have did too. Yeah. 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 As far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can pretty much tell by the music that it's the 128k yeah, version. Yeah. But. And it sounds great. Um, I think this is probably one of the better Dizzy games. If not, the probably is the best one. And I feel. Um, like and like I just said before, I think it just belongs in the specy. Um, I think it's up there as one of my favorite games on the ZX Spectrum. I, I really enjoyed this. This was a really fun game. Um, so it was it was nice to play something that I was familiar with to start off for the, for the show. So it was really nice. I liked it a lot, man. Um, I reckon yeah, good good pick, Andy. And um, what about you? What are you, Brendan? What do you think? Yeah, so like I said on the previous podcast when we did Dizzy stuff, I'm not really familiar with the series. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, just vaguely played them here and there, messed around. Yeah. So I gave, I gave this one a, a good little go. And yeah, it's actually really, really good. The music in the beginning is really pumping. I really liked it. That <laughs> that dodgy voice sample yeah. is hilarious. Comes, It just comes out of nowhere. You're like, whoa, yeah. calm down. <laughs> it's like for the wrong game, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, but the game is actually, it plays really well. I like the graphics. It's really like... Detailed. Like very detailed. Yeah, mm-hmm. like um, everything is like yeah, drawn well. It just looks good. Um, obviously, I didn't get too far, but, you know, I, I did enough little things that, you know, messed around with the puzzles and... Uh, it's it's a well it's a well made game. I can see that, and I always feel like these games definitely are like Spectrum games. They definitely feel like they just work better on it. Um, they run better. They just uh, they just feel better. Yeah, it's, it's wonder it's, why. It's, it's, wonder it's why. weird. I yeah. don't know why. Like I mean, I played this. I played a couple of the C sixty four versions. I messed yeah. around with them, and they never really grabbed my attention. So that's mm-hmm. why I never really. Uh, gave the series much of a chance but you know playing this this one uh fantasy dizzy it's i could see myself playing this and actually mm-hmm. really enjoying it it's it's really good I, I think it's aged well this game yeah it has mm. yeah it's aged really well so yeah it doesn't feel just because you can I, I think i think this this will work well as like a even on a, as a mobile game i think it will be good you know yeah. what I mean? It doesn't need any fast yeah. reactions or anything like that. So that's it's yeah, yeah. I, I think it's aged well. I think it's I think it's great. So thumbs up for me. Yeah, it's a good choice. Yeah. Good stuff, Andy. Uh also threw a few curveballs at Brendan with this one because I, I have got a bit more experience with the system. I did uh send him through uh a few games to to um to play around with, some of my choices. So um if you would like to go ahead and give us a review or your thoughts on one of the games, the, one of the first games I um, got you to play. Okay. So the first one I tried out and 
Daz has pimped this game onto me quite a few times, mm-hmm. and I haven't got around to trying it. But he's always said that the Spectrum version of Chase HQ is really on point, and I was like, mm, sure, yeah, sure, sure it is, sure, yeah. sure it is. <laughs> Because obviously the C64 one is abysmal. Anyway, so um, I did try it out, and yeah, he's he's one hundred percent correct. It's uh, it's actually really really good. Uh, How fast is it? It's it's fast, yeah. man. It it's it moves at a cracking pace, mm-hmm. especially when you hit the turbos. Um, it looks good. It feels good. It's a Speech. it's very accurate to, to the arcade, which yeah. is. Really, really surprised. Yeah, it's got speech. It's the C sixty four one doesn't even have the speech. They just <laughs> couldn't even be bothered with that. Um, yeah, it's it's a good conversion. Uh, who knew that <laughs> they yeah. could do that game so well on a Spectrum? Like, it's kind of strange, but uh, I guess I have to give it yeah. like credit. It's uh, it's probably the best eight bit version that I can think of that I played. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's even better than the Master System one, and that oh, I, I, I think it's the best home port. To be honest, yeah, it's, I personally it's, think so. As, as far as gameplay goes, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, it looks. You know, it's the graphics are, and I'm not trying to diss the Spectrum at all. Yeah. It's just obviously, you know, the color is weird. You just got to accept that. You know, it's like. like one color kind of thing but the actual animation of the car and the road and everything is exceptionally good so at the end of the day when it comes to gameplay it's it's spot on it is spot on it's better than the amiga version i think it's better than the amiga oh yeah Yeah. amiga yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. the amstrad cpc version is very notable too it's it's crazy how what Ocean did with the specy and Amstrad versions of Chase HQ. I just it is, there's some wizardry there. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's no, absolutely it's crazy. It's really good. <laughs> and it, and then they just did the crap on the C64. Just, uh, how I don't get it. How oh, that's not even a game. It's screenshots. It's that no, slow. It's a piece of trash. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm glad you enjoyed uh, that. I, I knew I go, I got to, I got to win, I've got to win Brendan over because he was no, you know, but it's this, good. It's good. <clears throat> it's really good. I've always said that whenever people do make fun of the ZX Spectrum because of the the color clash or what or the graphics, I always say this is my motto. To me, it's a home version of a Game Boy. A Game Boy had like two or three shades or whatever. Mm. The ZX Spectrums, I, I see in the same light. So, you know, if every system has their flaws and 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 they have their has their cons. You know what I mean? So, um, if you've got if you've got limitations like the ZX Spectrum, you know, with it graphically, well, some people might not even say it's a limitation, but you know, you've got programmers that can program a game like they did in the Chase HQ. You know, there's there's no excuse, you know, to yeah. you can't diss it because it's it's an amazing game. It's any any and it just comes down to who can program well on any yeah. system. So on any system, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next, uh, we had uh, Kim Justice also submit um, her one of her um, favorite games and her nostalgic memories. So uh, yeah, this wasn't this was a interesting game. This one. Um, so yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll give my views on it after we hear from Kim. Hi there, it's Kim Justice here, and thank you for inviting me on to this celebration of 40 years of 
my favourite computer and the first computer I had growing up, the ZX Spectrum. Now, when I think of a ZX Spectrum memories that I have personally, I got into the ZX Spectrum quite late. As I say, it was my first computer, and I actually got a Spectrum in 1990. I was still very young, I think we got it from Tandy or another UK electronics store like that. And I suppose one of the advantages of getting into a system that by then was 8 years old, was that there were a lot of games available, as you can imagine. And there were a lot of games available for not at all that much money. I mean, obviously there's um, plenty of games, you could still buy games in the corner shop in those days. You could buy games for two, three pounds or, you know, so I would always be um, tugging at the pockets of my mum or dad whenever I was in the corner shop with them, asking to buy a game, a, um, a Codemasters game usually, or alternative software, or also one from the uh, budget range of titles that some more bigger studios had, things like Ocean's Hit Squad label, or US Gold's Kicks, which was a good way to play some of the older classics on the system. And also, back in those days, back in like the early 90s, 1991 and so on, you still had the Sinclair magazines around, you still had your Sinclair, Sinclair user and Crash, and by then there was um, a thing called the Cover Tape Wars, and you had these magazines that were being sold for, again, about two quid a month, with cover tapes on them filled with multiple games, and a lot of those games in those days would be complete games that had previously come out and that basically the software house had shipped off to the magazine to get one last bit of money out of them, really, one tiny bit of cash, and so these magazines were putting like more and more games on every month, each trying to outdo the other, sometimes even more than one tape on a magazine a month. So, yeah, certainly for... Um, someone like me of a quite young age, that was a good way to amass a collection of Spectrum games really quick. And I suppose that the game that I want you guys to play is um, kind of related to those Cover Tape Wars games, because um, one that sticks out to me that's quite funny is there's a rather unique game called um, How To Be A Complete Bastard. Now, this game, I believe, was originally a licensed game. It was a tie-in for a book, a comedy book, that was uh, written by Adrian Edmondson, I believe, he of um, Bottom and the Young Ones fame. And it sticks out to me, because um, back in those days, I would get my magazine and I'd, you know, be happily doing as little kids do, you know, reading everything aloud, you know, from the pages, and obviously looking at the um, what was on that month's cover tape, I read out loud, Ah, how to be a complete bastard! Not knowing what that means, and you know, then <laughs> my mum and dad going to be like, Oi! Where, where'd you got that from? Where, 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 where's that bit in? And I'm like, oh, that's just in a magazine, you know, so legitimately innocent. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of sticks with me, probably, you know, first time I swore aloud, or albeit inadvertently in front of my parents, so kind of a milestone there, I suppose. The game itself is actually quite fun, certainly unique in a way. You basically, you play as a guest at a party and it's your job to cause as much havoc as possible. You do so by getting drunk, farting a lot, urinating in bushes, um, getting a box of matches and burning everything, generally scaring the other guests. It's got so many um, very unique things about it. Um, whether it's a good game or not, hmm, that's um, kind of up to you to decide, but... Um, there's certainly not many other games like it, this kind of free roaming game. There's even some weird things where you have an option to legitimately reset your Sinclair. Um, there's another thing where you can turn yourself into a cooker. 
Um, oh, so yeah, all these um, very odd things. So I think it'll be an interesting game for you to look at. Anyway, those are my Spectrum memories and uh, the game that I would like you to play. So um, thank you very much and um, I hope you have fun with it. Anyway, take care and bye for now. Okay, thanks, Kim. That was Ooh. a cool story. It's funny with the swearing and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would have, yeah, you know, you think, oh, I'm cool. I can say this. It's on a game, so yeah, I'm not going to get in trouble. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love those cover tapes. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. those oh, on gay, on on magazines? Best, best, oh. best things. Uh, the the like what Kim said, like in the early '90s, they really started to like. Pimp those, uh, those those tapes. I remember like some issues of magazines. Uh, you got two cover tapes. Yeah. Did you remember that? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Two yeah. double sided ones. Yeah, so you yeah. Got, there was like so, and they were giving away good games too. There was, was really crazy. Like Cyberdyne Warrior. That's amazing. Yeah, game. That exactly. Was on, well, that mean, was on Commodore I mean, format. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was insane. And there was also one I remember. We had the two tapes that had had a tape full of double sided tape. Um, with two mm. with games. Then the other tape was um saccharin paint or something. It was a painting program. It was oh, that was a separate. I never, I never saw that one. Oh, I lo- dude, I used to. I've got so many drawings, just paints and yeah. those, and a mouse, uh-uh. and I used to paint. Yeah, I did yeah. Blanka from Street awesome. Fighter. I did Sonic. And I yeah. I loved. It. I spent so so many hours. Those cover tapes are the best. That's love so good. Love those cover tapes. But uh, yeah, there's a lot lot of good memories there. Mm. Um. All right, Kim. So, yeah, Kim got us to play How to Be a Complete Bastard. Now, this is uh, also a multi-format game. Um, yeah. Okay, I went into this. I was like, okay, what's going on? I had to actually watch a video on YouTube to see how to do this, how to play this. Because I felt like it didn't make any sense to me. Um, yeah, aim of the game was to be a complete bastard and just annoy people in the whole in the whole house. It was like a, like a house party. Um, look, the good points I found out. I really like the split screen. I thought it was a really smart idea how there was two views. Um, it's it's kind of three D, if that. Yeah, sort it's of. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> it's strange. Like, it's like there's a front on view and a side on view, so you can see how you can walk. I don't know behind behind things, things and I, I thought that was really really cool. It was. It gets a bit, a bit confusing at the start, but you get used to it. Um, the controls I found were a bit fiddly. Um, I got stuck a lot of in a lot of places. Um, I thought what was uh, was really a downfall with this game was there's like no sound really. You know, you're at a house party. You should have at least music playing or something. Yeah. So yeah. that actually added to it made the game a little bit less interesting. Um. I don't know. I think I think that's that's what really downplayed it for me. I felt like there wasn't like I don't want to come out like I'm just bagging this game. It's I mean it's just it's not. I don't didn't find it the greatest. I, um, I, I felt like it was like a it reminded me a bit of Frankie Goes to Hollywood, but not as polished. Yeah, a little bit. It does. A yeah, little it does. bit. Yeah, I don't know. Look, I can see the appeal Kim would have had as a kid because something like that would be fun. You know, annoying. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. it, it's just you just do what you want, pretty much. I felt like there was. I know there's a direction, but it didn't felt like it flowed. Like there wasn't enough direction in the game, and uh, you know, I did do a few things. You know, like erect stuff and threw hammers and that kind of thing. But it just wasn't. I didn't feel like it wasn't um, satisfying to play. No, yeah. You know, yeah. I've, I've played. I've played worse games, but I can see that I probably would have liked this as a kid. 
but not as an adult. I don't think it, I don't think it's aged well because I, I, th- I think it's more about the shock factor on mm. and and as a kid you get shocked really easily. As an adult, it's not really there. Look, it's it's not a game I would play again. And um, look, I don't know how it plays on the other formats. I don't know if the CC4 version had music or not. I don't know, but um, yeah, look, it's it's not one for me. But I can see why he would have liked it back in the day. Because like I said, as a kid, I think it, it would have been okay. As an adult, the shock factor is not there. And I think I think that's what this game relies on. What's, what's your mm. review on this? Yeah, uh, it definitely relies on the shock factor because I remember originally seeing an advert for it in, I don't know which magazine. It might have been Commodore user or whatever. But, and... It had Adrian Edmondson with his arms outstretched, like in a like a almost like a Jesus Christ pose, and yeah, it had, yeah. had to be a complete bastard. And that was like shocking to me when I when yeah. I was a kid turning the advert for that game. I was like, yeah. "Whoa, yeah, this is what this is in my magazine. Yeah, what a so bastard! Dirty. What what a bastard for this!" <laughs> what is this? And then anyway, I, I did actually have it on uh, one of my bootleg Dodgy Dave's discs, and. Uh, I I loaded I played that game very for a very short amount of time. It just didn't make any sense to me on the on the C sixty four. I didn't really know what I had to do. Does so, it have music? Did it have I mu- don't remember. I yeah. played that game like probably load, loaded up twice, mm-hmm. and it just it just had no no appeal to me. Uh, later on, though, when I knew who Adrian Edmondson was, yeah. then I. I thought back to that game and mm-hmm. uh, and I thought I also played the young ones game, which is terrible, but which is unfortunate. But mm. <laughs> yeah, so this the Spectrum version is I don't know if it's even better or not because um, the the actual game is it's kind of hard to like you know playing it now. It's kind of just it's it's almost like you have to be younger to enjoy it because it's it's relying on like. Just immature. It's immature. Immature humor kind of thing to do it, you know, like getting drunk and puking and, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, it's hard to like play it now and actually find it humorous. It just Mm -hmm. seems a bit dumb. (laughs) But um, I can totally get like, like if I knew how to play it back in the 80s when I played the C64 version, I probably would have got a good laugh out of it. But I didn't understand like how to control Mm -hmm. the freaking game. It just was, it's hard to control. And, especially, um, especially you don't know what you're doing if you get a dodgy Dave yeah, copy, yeah. you know? So. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even know what the plot was. It didn't even make sense. Mm-hmm. Like you would, I didn't, I didn't even know you were in a house. I thought it was a castle, but you know, I didn't know nothing. Yeah, because you got yeah. no information back then about anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you want to play a game like this, definitely play like Rockstar's Bully. Like that's a lot more like, uh, serviceable, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, I'm not. I'm not going to say this game is trash. It's just uh, I don't think it's aged well, you mm-hmm. know. But but if you played it back then and enjoyed it, then you know it's probably good for a good laugh. But it's definitely an interesting choice for <laughs> yeah. a Spectrum game. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that one, Kim. Um, so yeah, okay. Let's go on to your next review. What 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 was that? What was the next game you tried out that I threw at you? Well, let's see. Uh, I've played uh, Marty Final Fart. Is that okay. it? Yeah, yeah. It is yeah, called yeah. Marty Final Fart. Yep. yep. I did. I, I did throw some homebrew 
new homebrew mm. games at, at so Blended this as well. was a much newer game obviously mm-hmm. right like wait when did this come out like i think about two years, years ago i guess I two, two okay years ago. yeah two, three years ago wow this is super awesome i would highly recommend checking this out and uh it's obviously a scrolling beat-em-up you know it's like a final fight with like the uh, NES version, deformed. It's, yeah, yeah. The NES version, yeah, like yeah. Exi- it's exactly like like that, and it's it's super cool. Uh, awesome music and uh, gameplay is extremely good. How it's how well so, is the control? It's, it's so satisfying. Yeah. It's so satisfying to beat the dudes up. It, I, I actually, actually, I think it's better than the uh, it's better than the NES version. I found it more. Um, it, it's just more satisfying. Yeah, like, it's strange, isn't especially it? Especially when the like the, I think it's the animation is better. Yeah. So like when he's punching, and especially when you throw a dude on the ground and you jump on him and punch him, it was super cool. <laughs> it's like, I was like, this is awesome. But uh, if this, if that game came out back in the day, wow, like in the late eighties, early nineties, jeez, mm-hmm. that would have been like amazing. You know, like scrolling beat 'em ups on the C sixty four. C sixty four can't do scrolling beat em ups it's it's a sad thing to say i mean at least i've never seen one that really 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 good they're all like just mediocre or I, 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 I think double dragon 2 was okay double dragon yeah like like i'm being there's a rare there's a that. rare occasion um, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a rare occasion but it just doesn't do scrolling beat em ups well yeah it's really annoying but wow this this is exceptionally good and it's so it's so amazing that you can you know with real programmers that just know how to push a system yeah. to the absolute limit. It's just like new C sixty four games when uh-huh. you play them, you're like, whoa! If this came out back then, but it's still running on the same system. Yeah, it is. No, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no, no, no enhancements, no added enhancements at all. This is this this could have been done back in the day. So yeah, multi It should flight. not be possible. It's seriously, when you play no, it's it, how is this possible? It's, no, it shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't. It's. I don't know what voodoo they're using there, but it's impressive. It's crazy. Yeah, it's an excellent, excellent choice. Uh, you should check. Anybody should check that one out. J- just as even if you just check a video, if you're just mm. curious, just to see what you know a spectrum can, can do, do in the right hands. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. So yeah, because when I first played, I go, "What the hell's going on? This is this can't be real." Because when I saw videos, mm. I thought maybe it had yeah. you had to add extra RAM or something. But it's like, how is this yeah. even possible? It's full music, everything. And I and I yeah. played it on on my real um, Spectrum at the time. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This is insane. It's, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's satisfying. It just feels good when you're punching. It just feels yeah. like you're really hitting yeah, the- them. Yeah, um, maybe it's got to do with like the sound effects. Yeah. Also, they just have that right sound where it feels satisfying. Especially like the kicks and the punches, they feel good. Mm. You know, you know, like some some scrolling beat 'em ups. You play them and you Mm-mm. punch a dude, and you're just like, nah. Yeah, doesn't feel right. You're just like, nah, doesn't yeah. feel right. Yeah, this feels it, like it kind of just like, ruins it. It feels like Streets of Rage too. When you hit someone, mm. you're hitting yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. You feel it. You know, Streets of Rage too. Yeah. yeah. You know? The benchmark for punching somebody. It is, it is pretty much, yeah. And this is, this nails it. So anyway, okay, our next one, uh, we had uh, we had Mr. Dean Swain from um, the Retro Solemn Podcast. Thanks, Dean, for contributing. And this is what he had to say. 
Hi, my name is Dean Swain from the Retro Asylum podcast show, which I've been running for just over 10 years now. So I'm used to talking about the ZX Spectrum and how great it is. However, a lot of you people will wonder what the hell I'm talking about. It had a rubbish keyboard. The colours were crap and the sand was even worse. And you know what? You'd be right. It was all of those things. However, that crappy little computer could knock out some great games when put in the right hands. Death Chase, Ant Attack, Manic Miner, Jetpack, Night Law, School Days, Head Over Hills, Robocop, blah 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 blah. There's loads of great games. And then let's talk about some of the arcade conversions that had no right to be so good on the ZX Spectrum. Bomb Jack, R-Type, Midnight Resistance, Chase HQ, just to name a few. But I'm here to talk about a game that me and my friends couldn't wait for. We had played Renegade on the ZX Spectrum and we absolutely loved it. It was great. However, there was a game in the arcade that was even better. Double Dragon, which had a simultaneous two-player mode. However, that had only just come out in the arcades and we knew that a possible conversion to the ZX Spectrum was some time off. So we were stunned when we saw previews for Imagine Software's sequel to Renegade, which also promised a simultaneous two-player mode. Target Renegade was released just a couple of months after the magazines had first shown previews of it. And me and my friend Richard rushed home with our copy. We both had a copy, by the way. Not a dodgy copy, a proper legit copy bought from the shop. Anyway, we loaded it up and it was a 1 to 8k load. It also works on 48k machines, but this loaded in all the levels in on a 1 to 8k machine, which took about 15 minutes. You know, you had to be patient in those days, loading from tape. Anyway, we loaded it up and we were greeted by the car park level, the first level. And as you start, bad guys on motorbikes are trying to mow you down. You have to jump kick those off beat them up and then you're attacked by a hippie guy with a sledgehammer and you've got to work your way through this car park which has got three levels so you're going from left to right to a lift once you beat all the bad guys up on that top level you go in the lift and go down to the next level and you've got to work your way right to left on the next bit same again motorbikes attacking you guys with sledgehammers etc then you get down to the ground floor and you work your way out onto the street where you are greeted by prostitutes and a pimp with a gun. And this guy with a gun, if he shoots you, you lose a life. You haven't, you know, you lose all your energy. So you've got to try and take him out. And the prostitutes have got a mace. You can grab that off of them and start battering them over the head with this mace. And then on to the third level, which is a park. And you've got guys with baseball caps on the wrong way and thugs and some of them are armed with an axe which they're trying to chop you over the head with then you move on to the next level which is a shopping precinct and you've even got dogs and skinheads and uh, all sorts trying to attack you on this level and then you work your way through to the ship now the ship isn't a spaceship don't worry it's nothing strange they left that for Renegade 3 the ship is a pub and in the pub you've got these bald guys that are suited and booted and some of them have got snooker cues and they're trying to smash you up with those so you've got to take them out and once you've done that you get through to the boss Mr Big and this guy can grab you and shake you to death luckily you've got a snooker cue with you 
that you can smash in the bat with. Anyway, on the ZX Spectrum, this game is great. The music isn't as good as the C64 version. Hey, that's the SID chip and you know, Target Renegade on the C64. Although that doesn't play too well, it sounds fantastic. The music here, it's the same tunes, but it's through the AY chip, so it doesn't sound as nice. But the gameplay is smooth, there's great impacts, great crunchy sound effects, and I think you'd be amazed at what this little crappy computer can do in the right hands. Play Target Renegade, guaranteed you're going to enjoy yourself, especially in two-player mode. Okay. <clears throat> nice one, Dean. So yeah, I went into this uh, a bit sceptical because I was I used to enjoy the C64 version um, until I played it again recently and I thought, wow, this isn't that good. Uh, it looks nice. Yeah. It looks nice. Music was great. I loved it as a kid, but then I realised uh, I re- I loved it. I know I loved it. I used to brag yeah. about it. Me and, me and Mark from Retro Domination, we used to brag about it all the time. We loved it. But um, yeah, playing it now, it's just it's boring. <laughs> the hit detection's way it's re- off. It's a it's a really tedious game to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I did enjoy it as a kid, but at the same 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 time, it was just never my favorite. I, I never understood why people loved it so much. I mean, the music is great, and the the high res graphics mm-hmm. are really cool. But having like one dude come on screen each time. Super tedious. Yeah, yeah. And collision detection was horrible. But so I was really skeptical really skeptical yeah. about playing this one. But um yeah, I jumped in and um and loaded the thing up and I liked it. This was this played really well. Like really good. And you know what I love about it? Which the sixty four didn't go with? Yeah, the sixty four version looked nice graphically, but I liked how the they stayed true to the first games graphics kind of mm, it stayed yeah it looked more it looks it's, more it's, like a sequel it looked like renegade yeah yeah you know yep. and um yeah. just the collision detection was was really good um controls were great i loved i love that you know you can punch them on the floor and it just it just you could do more i yeah. just it just satisfying. played it was just a lot yeah it was a lot more satisfying uh graphics were nice i mean normal spectrum fair nothing nothing this one wasn't that like a magnificent, but it wasn't a bad grab. It actually played really well. I didn't get to play it two players, unfortunately, because I'm by myself yeah. here, and my kids won't, won't play this stuff. They don't like <laughs> it. If it's not on a PlayStation or Xbox, they won't play anything or on their phone. But uh, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, but let's see. Now the music. I thought the music was great for about two minutes, and it would be great if it was just on the title screen. Uh, yeah. but while playing the game, it just got boring. The, the music was boring. Um, I'll give that to the season four. I thought that was a lot better there, but it's not that the music was bad. It's just, it, it felt too slow for the game. Mm. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't pick you up. It didn't give you that oomph to, to keep fighting. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's a shame. I reckon if, if they sped, if they changed the music up, and it's not, I'm not even blaming the AY chip. I just think it's just the way they, they just made the, the tune. I, I think they should have got a, a, a tune that would had a more pick-me-up to it, a, something a bit more up-tempo. And I, and I think this game would have been would have been one of the most perfect beat-em-ups on, on the system. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. I had a lot of fun. 
I didn't just turn it off. I actually played it until I like died a few times. You know what I mean? So I actually sat down and, and really enjoyed this game. And um, I, I would, I'll go back to this once in a while if I want something different to play. But um, yeah, just uh, besides besides the sound, I think everything else was really good. I, it was a great pick. I, I really like it. Yourself? Yeah, uh, I was actually skeptical as well going into mm-hmm. this one. And uh, it's it's definitely a better version of Target Ren- Renegade than the C64 one. But, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that one anyway. So I was kind of expecting the exact same thing with different graphics. And it's it's kind of not the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. The graphics are obviously completely different. Like Daz said, it's actually more resembles the original Renegade Arcade. And that kind of looked like, especially the characters and stuff. And uh, the C64 one doesn't look like that at all. It's completely mm-hmm. different. But uh, it plays really well. It's 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 just like Marty Final Fart. It's very satisfying punching yeah. kicking things. Um, it's got that... Uh, I, again, I think it's the animation. It's so the animation is really smooth, so yeah. you can actually like see the little punches like taking the dude out, and mm-hmm. it it feels good. Uh, the music is definitely not as good. It's the same tune, but it's it just lacks like it just lacks that kind of Sid kind of yeah you know, crunchiness that just makes the Sid chips so good. I mean, I didn't find it really that annoying to be honest, but. Uh, it's definitely not as good, uh, you know. If you could take that, yeah. the Sid, the Sid music, and slap it on the Spectrum one, you've got the perfect beat 'em up. Yeah, like yeah. At least, at least eight bits sort of scrolling beat 'em up. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun game. I never got to try it in two player either, but you know, if the two player works as well as I would think it works, as long as there's no big sprite flickering or massive slowdown, then that's pretty amazing because that would be a oppressive thing to pull off but even oh, yeah. even besides yeah. that it's it's still good because i like the fact that you know it's not just one dude coming on the screen after you each time it's like a whole gang of them it's just like the yeah. old renegade arcade where they kind of surround you and you know it's like a real fight for your life so <laughs> again this is uh this is a really impressive uh impressive game and uh good choice again yeah, I was happy with it. No, good stuff, Dean. Mm. Thanks for that. That was uh, that was ni- it was nice to play um, this game. I, I, anyway, I was I was just like I said, I was quite surprised. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, our next review. I'll, we'll, we'll go to the next review and then I'll ask you another one a bit later, Brendan. Okay, let's let's go. Mm. Let's go to Matt, our good friend Matt's from Gears of Games, Matt's. my uh, Swedish friend, Sweden. Yes, here's Matt's from Gears of Games. Hey, it's Mats from Gears of Games, and uh, Daz wanted me to come up with a Spectrum memory, and uh, I can do that. Got plenty of Spectrum memories. It was my first computer. So I had a bit of a think, and I think I'll come up with a good one. It's one of those really nostalgic and heartwarming memories, for me at least, and it's going to be a bit lengthy, so please bear with me. And should you fall asleep, I'm sure Daz can wake you up when all of this is over. (laughs) Anyway, this harkens back to the days when I had a 16K Spectrum. Yes. I bought a 16k because I couldn't afford buying a 48k version. I had scrounged up some money with the help of my mum and my grandmother of course and finally could afford a Spectrum and I wanted one immediately. I didn't care if it was 16k or 48k. But once I got it and I'd started playing games on it, I realized, hey, the 16K games aren't that great and there aren't that many of them around. 
So I realised I'm going to have to buy a RAM expansion. So I forced my mum and dad to drive me to the local town and enter the bookstore. Yes, the local bookstore sold Spectrum games and Spectrum computers. So I put down an order for a uh, RAM expansion, went back home and waited for what felt like probably ages. But eventually they called me up and said, hey, we got your RAM expansion, come and get it. And when I got there, I was a little bit surprised because instead of getting what I assumed would be a black little box thing that you could plug into the back of your Spectrum and then voila, you would have more memory. I got a a long plastic case containing lots of small RAM chips. And I was like, okay, this is odd. I had no idea how these things work, but I went home, had a look at the instructions, and of course it turned out that the particular version of the Spectrum I had, you could just plug all of these RAM chips in there, no problem, except one of them. One little bastard of a RAM chip. You had to modify it, and uh, I think you had to move one of the legs, and the instructions actually suggested that I should just cut off one pin and then bend the other to its position. And I was like, nope, this is not happening. There's no way I can bend this leg without destroying the RAM chip forever and ever. And I also think they suggested that you could kind of solder on a new pin and bloody bloody, and I had no idea how to do that. I had zero training with this, and I was just a kid, so I was like, okay, what do I do? now and then it occurred to me that maybe I should have a chat with the guy that repairs our TV really nice guy he usually would pop by and fix our ever-breaking TVs it was called Thomas and he had this store with his wife so I went over there showed him the RAM chip and asked him could you make this work and he's like yeah sure I can make this work but I've got a lot of stuff to do so it may take some time I was fine with that so I went back home and started waiting impatiently (laughs) And every now and then, every every second week or every week, I would call him up and ask him, have you fixed the, the RAM chip? And he's like, oh, no, sorry, I haven't had time. And I would also pop by the store every now and then and go, have you fixed it? And the answer was always no. And my heart was sinking very rapidly. And I don't know for how long I kept doing this. It felt like it could have been months. It probably felt like months for me as a kid anyway back then. But yeah, I kept calling and getting the same answer. And yeah, my heart kind of just sunk to the bottom of my stomach. And I kind of almost gave up and during this wait I bought two 48k games it was The Hobbit and Manic Miner but of course I couldn't play them so I had to stick with playing Hungry Bloody Horus <laughs> forever I had Jetpack as well but I'd played that one to death already anyway Christmas comes around I think it is Christmas Eve and I have managed to catch a cold and it's, it's late in the afternoon and I feel pretty miserable I sit in my room staring at my games that I can't play and then I can hear it downstairs that someone is ringing on the door. And I just assume it's one of our friends or neighbour that has got to deliver the usual box of chocolate that we usually had 500 of each Christmas. Because, yeah, that's kind of what people bought us. I don't know why. <laughs> but anyway, my mum comes up and says, hey, there's someone to see you. Come on down. So I walk down the stairs to the door and there's Thomas. And I'm like genuinely surprised. And he's like, hey, here's your ram chip. And I just lit up like I was so, so happy. He just gives it to me and I'm like, how much money do you want? And he's like, no, don't worry about it. You get this for free. Merry Christmas and all that. And I was so happy and so grateful. I really wanted to pay him, but he just refused to take any money. Such a great guy. So I just run back up, slam the memory chips in 
and it's not entirely easy, but after using some violence, I get them in there, including the little bastard one with the bent leg, and he had sold it really nicely, sold it on a, a different leg and bent it very nicely, just very well done. He knew his stuff, and amazingly enough, everything is working. I start playing Manic Miner and The Hobbit, and I'm just so happy. I'm so happy that my cold actually kind of starts dissipating, and I feel much, much, much better, and I really have great Christmas Eve and I never have to play Hungry Horrors again <laughs> so Thomas wherever you may be thank you so much for just making my Christmas into something amazing you will hold a place forever in my heart for doing that thank you thank you so much and that is finally the end of the story but before I, I go Das wanted me to uh, select my favorite Spectrum game and that's going to be so hard because there's so many favorite Spectrum games I could say Manic Miner but I'm going to mention a different game, Lords of Midnight. I really love that game. It's just got an amazing world to explore. It's a bit of an adventure slash strategy game with a huge world map. So I'm, uh, I'm going to just say that Lords of Midnight is at least one of my favorite Spectrum games. So thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed my long tale. And uh, back to Das. And thank you, Das, for letting me bore your listeners. <laughs> He has a contagious laugh. It's like, <laughs> it cracks me up. <laughs> it's cheeky. It reminds his his laugh reminds me of like Robert De Niro. You know, whenever he does a gangster, yeah, role, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you you wouldn't want to get on Matt's bad side, I reckon. because nah, he's too nice. Yeah, it's too nice. Sneaky there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Lords of Midnight. Okay, this is not a mm. game I was looking forward to playing. I'll be honest, because RPGs are not for me. They're the mm. I liked. I I like more Japanese RPGs. Well, I liked mm. them when I was a kid. Now I don't play yeah. RPGs. I just don't have the patience for RPGs anymore. Mm. But I was surprised. Again, yeah. I thought this was actually okay. It actually, you know, what it reminded me of it reminded me of Transylvania a little bit on the Apple IIe. Mm. I grew up with that one, so mm. Mm. it kind of reminded me of that graphically and the way it played. This is a little more in depth, I thought. But um, look, yeah. I, I didn't play this that much because it was just a bit too. I think the learning curve is a bit high in this one. And yeah, it takes a, a while. Yeah, there's only so much time we could dedicate to mm. each of these games, you know. So. I was probably I, stuck, I probably played a good half an hour. I mean, I, I tried. Mm. I do really know what I was doing that, that well, but I kind of figured it out. Like I noticed that yeah, you got four characters on your on your team. Yeah, that's how it works, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can recruit like so many characters. I can get more. Like, okay. Yo, yeah. I think you can get like man, how much was it? Probably like twenty, thirty. You can get just Damn. tons. You, you can, can make like a whole like army or out of yeah. your characters. Yeah, because, uh, you know, it took me like five, ten minutes to figure out how to start the game. I was like, I think I better look at a manual, online manual. But, yeah, so you need you need keyboard. You need the, this whole, you need the whole keyboard, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But what, what's, what's like, sort of got to know what I was doing, I could see why this would appeal to a lot of people. You can tell it's it's really deep game. And for something this old, it's pretty impressive. Um but yeah, like I said, like, you know, like I killed these wolves, I got wolves and I killed them and it was, it was all right. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much a text-based adventure. It's not really, it's not an action game or anything. Um, yeah. But I didn't mind it. Graphics were okay. There was, sound-wise, I don't think there was any, was there? 
from memory. No, yeah. it doesn't need it. It's not just, that. It's not that kind no. of game. I think yeah. I read a thing um, with the developer Mark Singleton, the guy that did it. He actually made the whole game, and it had sound in it, but mm-hmm. he ran out of room when he was making the game to finish oh. it. So he had to actually cut the sound out of the Spectrum version, and that was the the original version. So oh, was it? Oh, that's original. It has original. no sound. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty okay. interesting. Well, that's all I really have to say about the game. Like I said, I, I couldn't go too much in depth in it because it, it's, it's a massive game. It's, so I can't really, like, I don't think it's bad in any sense. I think I think there's a good game in there. So, um, and what I played, I've, I found it very interesting. And I probably would go back to this. I don't know. I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should play the ZX Spectrum version of any other ports because as far as I know, this is not a... It's not a it's not a uh, exclusive game. It's multi format, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure Brendan could elaborate more on this anyway. So I, mean, I thought it was good. I liked it. Yeah, I played this also back in the day on my C64, mm-hmm. and the, the the version now having played this Spectrum one, it's exactly the same. I mean, I'm okay. sure you can make some sort of little, you know, it's got the exact same graphics. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those direct ports, and. Uh, Fortunately, the Spectrum version actually looks pretty good. It's very basic, but it's you know it doesn't have any of that weird color clash or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's very well defined, and uh, so I played the C sixty four one, and uh, we we used to play that for hours, and we used to map it. We used to make a map so you can like, understand where you were in the whole world. The, the game is massive, like massive. Is it said. save? Is it can you it's, save? What's that? Can you save mid game? Uh, I don't even remember. We just used to turn it on and just oh yeah, when you go for you it, don't know that you just and we just we would just play it. Yeah, we yeah. would just play yeah. it. Um, we used to die long before you <laughs> chance to save it. What <laughs> and what 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 was weird is that uh, it, I think it used to like, like just randomly generate the world, so things would be in a different oh, location okay. the next That's time cool. you turned it on. So it was like yeah, it was, oh. but. Uh, it's a pretty interesting game. It's like a mixture of, um, it's sort of an RPG, but it's also like a strategy game where you got to like take out this dude, this man, his like name, Doom yeah. Dark, yeah, yeah. yeah, Doom Dark, this uh, like overlord that's taken over the world. It's basically Lord of the Rings yeah. uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, but it's a cool game. I never knew, I never understood it completely back in the day, but having looked at the instructions when I was playing the Spectrum one, it filled in like a lot of gaps in mm-hmm. my mind. Like I was like, oh, you know, we, we didn't even realize you could do certain things. But uh, yeah, um, the guy that made it, Mark Singleton, eh, he made games very similar to this. I don't know if you ever played like War in Middle Earth Mm-mm. or um, Star Trek The Rebel Universe. They are, they're very similar kind of games, but just they're very like detailed and uh, complicated, but not too complicated where it can put you off. But it's enough to that you you really have to, uh, you know, put some time into the game yeah, to yeah. really like get everything out of it. But this is a good choice again. Um, it's not a it's not a game that's exclusive, so it's not like anything special. You can play it on other systems, and. Yeah, the C64 one's exactly the same as far as I'm concerned, but uh, it's a good choice for, uh, like, you know, that was originally a Spectrum game, so 
it's pretty impressive the scope of the game i got to give it that so and it's i would definitely give it a go it's it's pretty cool for a game that ran on 48k yeah i think you, you get your money's worth out of it if you bought it that's for sure oh, oh yeah definitely. yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, okay. Well, there you go. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for that one. That was interesting for me because when 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 he did mention, I'm like, okay, let me do a a Google search on this. Like, oh no, this is it's gonna be there's gonna be a hard one for me. But it quite surprised me. I thought it was all right. So yeah. All right, Brendan. What's what's the next game that that you tried that I threw at you? Uh, the other one I tried. I think I tried two more. Um, the other one was the Castlevania game. And this one you said was also a pretty, it's pretty a home recent brew, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Homebrew. Yeah. Yep. This is uh, extremely impressive again. It's, uh, the she's like, the music is really good. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's a, it's a pretty good interpretation of the Castlevania, like, kind of style. And uh, the game, the graphics are really well done. It moves really fast. Um, the Controls as well. Very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I didn't play it for like hours or anything, yeah. but I ran around like quite a lot and uh, got a, like a good feel for it. This is another game that if this came out back in the day, you would have been like, "Wow, this yeah. is yeah." We really would have our sixty four owners would have been jealous. Mm. I think so. Oh, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah. C sixty four got a Castlevania oh, version, which is really terrible. like. Ugh. She's terrible. It's, it's made not by the same guys yeah. that made the Metal Gear Solid conversion. Well, they didn't worse. know how to. Nah. They didn't know how to program on a Commodore sixty four nah. at all. Like, I mean, I wish somebody else would. Somebody else out there, please remake uh, Metal Gear Solid and Castlevania for yeah. the C sixty four. We know you can do it and yeah. you can do it justice. But anyway, yeah. this one is like super cool. It's just like Mighty Final Fight. This is like. Super polished. impressive. It's polished. It's it's almost like it's almost makes me like want to buy like ZX Spectrum yeah, next. Yeah. You know, just to just to screw around with these like mm-hmm. new kind of Spectrum screw games because they really are quite good. And I actually kind of kind of like the graphic style. I don't know whether it's just the uh, the really bright colors. Both of the, the, those games, by the way, don't really have what I would call color clash, mm-hmm. you know, so they're not like, that is kind of annoying to me, honestly. So, but these ones don't really have that. So mm-hmm. I think that's what I like about it. And the animation again on both of them was, is really, really good. And it's, it's satisfying. It's satisfying when you kill yeah. stuff, certain games, you just don't get that, you know, certain games may be like fantastic and they run well, but when it comes to the action, it just doesn't feel like, you yeah, know, you're doing something and then you're like, oh, that's so disheartening. <laughs> yeah. It looks and sounds good, but it's not to hit something, which is such a simple thing. But uh, yeah, very cool. Good. I knew you'd enjoy that. Look, I was really, yeah. like I said, I threw I threw over games that I knew, well, the games that I loved on, on the specy, and, mm. I, and I knew that they would impress, you know, they would impress you seeing yeah. that you're foreign to yeah. the computer. So uh, that's good yeah. to hear. Definitely. Okay. Definitely uh, good choices. Yeah. Uh, the next one is uh, Paul Driscoll, or the Drisk, as they call him, from the RGDS podcast. He um, he speaks about um, a game that's actually dear to my heart on the C64. So this was quite cool. I was, I was glad he mentioned this one. So, okay, next we have is Paul. 
the Drisk. Hello, it's Paul Driscoll here, aka Drisky, from the RGDS podcast, which is the Retro Gaming Discussion Show, which is a UK podcast. Now, the fact that the Spectrum has turned 40 this year makes me feel incredibly old. You see, I remember the first time my dad actually brought home that rubber-keyed wonder. And I have so many fond memories in the early days playing on such classics as The Hobbit, Manic Mind, Ant Attack, Attic Attack and Bear Bother in those early years. With its bright, vibrant colour clashing glory of the Spectrum palette, cementing my eternal love for video gaming ever since. But I've been asked to talk about a single game and I've decided, rather than those undeniable classics, to talk about a lesser talked about title, which is 180 by Mastertronic. On their budget, but more expensive budget, Mad Label. It was still pocket money prices, I think it was 2 99 rather than 1 99 so kids could still afford. Now, this is a darts game, but it's a darts game where everything is done right. It has great gameplay. There's a variety of modes from follow the clock to two player and, of course, the championship itself. And it all had the amazing art of Jeremy Nelson and Steve Pickford that perfectly captured that look and feel of an English pub with a dutiful, busty barmaid forever pulling pints for the patrons. A drunken patron always sat propped up on the bar stool, drinking his pints to oblivion, and a little dog dutifully wandering out and cocking his leg to have a wee on the leg of the stool. All of this gave this wonderful sense of being in an English pub, and it really adds to the game's atmosphere. But it's the game itself and the gameplay that was the real star here. You have your disembodied wobbly drunken hand as you look directly at the dartboard itself, perfectly capturing the pissed pastime as you go against some retrobates such as Devious Dave, Limp Wrist Larry, Del Boy Desmond, making your way through to the ultimate darting god, Jammy Jim, who will do a perfect game and the only way of beating him is to also do a perfect game and thus win the championship. And let's not forget as you scored the match maximum that you can on a board in one round of 180, you would hear the painfully captured speech that is still so charming to this day as it tries to say the words 180. So go and enjoy this game, it still holds up brilliantly, it's one that seldom gets played and it's just one that you can pick up and and learn in no time and have a really good fun with. Great choice, Drisky. I love this game. So I was very, uh, how can I say, I was very uh, protective of this. So I thought this better be as good as a 64 version because I played the hell out of that. I loved this game. And I wasn't disappointed. I really wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's going to be interesting then. Okay. Uh, look, being familiar with the game, it was great. So I love the 64 version. I uh, played a lot as a kid. Um, so look, yeah, basic bland title screen, but I was greeted with some great AY chip music I was familiar with. So it had that nostalgia kicked in straight away. Uh, controls I found a little more tricky to get used to. Um, 
it wasn't as it didn't feel as smooth as the 64 version um but after playing for about five minutes i got the hang of it it was it wasn't too hard uh graphics for the most part are fine and the hand animation looks great uh i gave this a fair go and i was pleased that i had a great and i had a great time playing with it i thought um Unfortunately, I wasn't good enough to hear the announcer say 180, which I know that is in the Spectrum version as well. It's 180. I used to love that. I used to play just for that speech. It's like, this thing yeah. talks, you know? But uh, <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was a great a great port. Um, yeah. It just, it just felt like I was playing on the 64, to be honest. Look, it's not, I didn't find it as polished as the 64 one, but it was still great. I thought it was a great. I, I know. Uh, I really loved it. I've had a lot of fun. I played this the most out of all the reviews, to be honest. I stuck on this for a while. I just, I just love the game. I, it's a lot of fun. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating, but uh, once you get the hang of it, it's not too bad. Uh, I liked it a lot. Okay. What about you, Brendan? Yeah, I also played this on the C64. Like, it's a really good budget game. Mm-hmm. It was always fun just to like throw it on. I mean, mm-hmm. the hand animation was obviously. I don't know. It seems so weird saying that right now. Like yeah. the hand animation was the thing that made <laughs> yeah, it yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's such a simple thing, but it really was. It's just like that little movement and you yeah. throw the dart. It's just, again, it was very precise and satisfying. And uh, it had a lot of atmosphere too. The music was cool. The Spectrum version is, it's pretty good. Uh, mm. The music's not as good, but it's it's still fun. It's fun and jolly. And uh it doesn't feel like it feels a little bit weird um, initially, but it does. It I would say it plays almost exactly the same. Like once you give it a go, it's very accurate. Um, the animations between the, the the animation graphics, you know, on the characters when you see them mm-hmm. from the side, and that was all completely different. Um, it's got obviously a different look to it. They made the game obviously from the ground up. It wasn't just a simple cut and paste yeah. thing because. It's done with you know, Spectrum style, and the C sixty four definitely looks like C sixty four. So, uh, but this is a this is a fun choice. Um, it's a great little budget game. It's fun. You can just get into it quickly. We always had a laugh when we used to play play this. Um, yeah, and the Spectrum version is it's quite good. Yeah, good. I'm glad we both agreed on that one. Yeah, it's mm. it's hard to stuff. Well, no, it's not that it's hard to stuff it up. You can easily easily stuff this game up because. The playability yeah, easily, is the key. Yeah. It's not even, not even mm. about the graphics of this game. If you don't have the playability on on point with this yeah. game, it's you've got no game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's so simple. There's like almost mm. nothing to it. That's right. Like, really, it's just it's just the hand. That's it. It's <laughs> so just the you, hand. That's it. That's it. Yeah. If nah. you screw that up, the game's gone. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah, no. Nah, good stuff. And for a budget game. you it's a win. Yeah. It's a win-win, man. You pay bugger all for it, yeah. and you get an awesome game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one. Next one is from um, Gordon King. Kingy, a good my good uh, Scottish friend. Uh, he um, mm-hmm. he was the only one out of all the reviewers that suggested an exclusive. So this was interesting. So yeah, I never played this game. I know that um, Kingy would always brag about this. He's bragged about this game for years to me. You know, I never gotten around to playing it, so now I got to play it. So you'll hear our thoughts after Kingy. Hi, Daz. Hi, Brendan. It's Kingy here from the RGDS podcast, and thank you very much for inviting me on your lovely and fantastic show. 
and um, I'm here to discuss my chosen game in which it celebrates 40 years of the ZX Spectrum. My chosen game comes from 1984 by the label, or software house as we called it back then, Houston Consultants, a game by the fantastic author Steve Turner. What game am I on about? It is Avalon. Now this is a very special game, really dear to me. It introduced me to the world of RPG gaming basically, you know, we all loved our quick fixes of arcade games and all our home computers, whether it be the Spectrum, the Commodore, the Atari, whatever, is awash with many arcade ports or arcade-like games with single screen things, quick fixes, you can play for five minutes, get a high score, try better at stuff like this. Not Avalon, this was a in for the long haul kind of adventure. And I remember coming across the, the cassette in the, the local retailer back in the day. And it just it stood out with the Gandalf-like wizard with a staff and lightning coming out. And I was like, ooh, what's this, you know? So I looks at the back and it states, Your astral projection, Marok, flees from a goblin swordsman as a wraith drifts silently into a corner. Can you open the chest and seize the key to penetrate below the gatehouse level? Now, that blurb and the photograph that was, you know, displayed on the back of the cassette I was in awe. It just looked gorgeous. It looked like nothing else I had played. It just, you know, it just was this deep fantasy adventure that took you into the depths of Welsh mythology in which the game is based. Now, it was a very basic game in terms of graphics. Most of the, the background or the rooms you, you explored were all just done in vector-like wireframe with, you know, s- small brick effects and some slime running down the walls and stuff like that. You controlled your main character, who was more 2D, um, a wizard, as I said before, you controlled his astral projection, so he's sitting on his arse somewhere by a campfire. He's not going in physically, he's going to send his buddy, you know, Jedi mind trick in instead, just to, to see the place. And the ultimate aim of the game was to seek out the Dark Lord of Chaos and kill him. Now, this took you through, as it stated on the back of the cassette again, 223 rooms spread over 8 levels. 255 doors, just in case you needed to know that, 32 tunnels, 27 spells, and over 100 characters, including goblin swordsmen, goblin guards, wraiths, and the guardian of chaos, and seven wizards. 12-year-old me was sucked into the idea of this, you know, it just sounded like it was something different, something unique. Something that took you away from the Manic Miners, Jesse Willies, Jetpacks, you name it. Games other people may be mentioning. But this was a special one to me because, as I said, it took many months to complete, to master it, learn the map, learn the secrets, find the keys to open and unlock doors, find the spells that killed specific monsters and baddies in the game. It was absorbing and you just forgot about the world around you. And there was nothing better than playing it on a dark winter's night, as I've said on my previous podcast, you know, these guys, like yourself does in Australia, you know, I mean, you're roasty toasty at the best of times. My bedroom is frozen in winter. And to wrap up and play this game, you actually felt you were in these cold catacombs anyway. You know, it was more immersive just because of the environment I lived in personally. And this, it was just great escapism and... Obviously, I'm highly recommending this. And Daz, personally, I don't think this is a game you're going to enjoy. I know the kind of games you like, and you're a bit thick, so... (laughs) I'm only joking. But, no, I I know you may, and I don't think it's something you'll 
really get into. But Brendan, knowing the kind of games you've discussed and you know just listening to the your, your own show, I think you'll be more into this if you give it some more perseverance and time. But you know what? I urge everyone to try this one out. Have a laugh, have a go, have a lun. This is Kingy, I'll see you all later. I can be a bit thick sometimes. Cheeky <laughs> oh, bugger. Cheeky uh, bugger. I see where he's coming when, from. When I first loaded it up, I knew, I just like, oh, Dad's not going to like this. Yeah, I didn't really like it. No, no. And I don't think it's a bad game. I just, I did give it a good 30 minutes. I think that is a lot of time for me to know if I liked it or not. Um, it's just like I said, I'm not into these kind of games. I can see. I can see the appeal. Um, like I said, like I walked, I still, I, how can I say? Look, I couldn't do, I just couldn't figure it out. You know, I checked online walkthroughs and it still was just, it went over my head. Um, look, I did find a key and unlocked the door. <laughs> you know, so I did figure something out. But uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's to me, it just didn't gel with me. Look, the positives are I thought the graphics are really nice. Um, 1984. This is pretty impressive. Um, yeah. it just, I love how, how the 3d effect sort of is. Yeah. It's got like That's this really nice cool. 3d effect to it. Uh, and it's super smooth, especially for 48 K's. Um, sound wasn't great, but it fits the game. You know, it, it suits it. Yeah. It doesn't need anything extravagant. Um, one thing that did irk me was when when you moved, it was like an inertia. Maybe because you're flying. I don't know. It's like you're hovering. Yeah. It was mm. just strange. It felt like he was on ice all the time. Um, I, th- I think it was because he's supposed to be a projection. No, so he's he not walking. Yeah. He's kind of, kind of like hovering. Hovering, you know I mean? yeah. 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 <laughs> but um, look, the, the game wasn't for me. And it's, no, it's in no means terrible. I don't think it's a terrible game. Um, I just need myself. I'll need to need more time to to learn how to play it. Um, look, I think this is something I know I would I would have put time to into if I, if I was a kid again in the nineteen eighties. But in nineteen eighty four, I was still playing my Atari twenty six hundred. I'm I'm a late bloomer, like um like Andy and and Kim. You know, I got my C sixty four in like eighty eight. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I didn't touch games like this, even on the C sixty four. There was just so there's there's a there's an amassed amount of games that I've probably even heard of that came out around that time because I yeah. didn't get my PC, I didn't get my Commodore sixty four back then. So mm. yeah, I mean, for something this old eighty four to have a game like this, I think is very 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 um, impressive. I think I think it's it's very yeah. very impressive, but. Yeah, sorry, Kingy. It wasn't my thing. I like I said, I think it's terrible. I just don't think it's just, it's not my type of game. I like to pick up and play. Unfortunately, yeah. I'm a bit thick. Cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> I actually thought this was quite cool. Um, yeah, he's accurate. Uh, he thought I'd like it, but uh, yeah, definitely. Um, this is this is the kind of games that I really like playing um, on my C sixty four because. Every other game you played anywhere else, and I'm not saying RPGs weren't anywhere else, but, you know, like kind of games that have that second layer of depth, you know, they, mm-hmm. they weren't just simply arcade games where you just jumped up plat- platforms and that. I always liked the idea of going on an adventure in a game. And uh, so anything with that kind of 
feel to it is always intriguing. And this was actually, this was pretty good. I mean, I, I would obviously need to play it a lot more to really like understand it all. Mm-hmm. I just probably scratched the surface of it. But it's definitely like interesting. I like the 3D effect when you're going through the, the tunnels and that. Mm-hmm. It's really impressive. Yeah. And uh, all the different types of creatures and the menu system is pretty interesting. Um, I was, it, it was a little bit difficult to like figure it out at first. Yeah, but, I, I, was, I didn't know what know. was going on because I would like yeah. stop and like, I can't move. I didn't know what was going yeah. on. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I had to look for instructions for this one to like really like mess around with it until I understood what was going on. I mean, I don't understand the game fully, but mm-hmm. I can see like a really cool adventure game there mm-hmm. for 1984. It's like super cool. This game reminded me of, um, I don't know if you've ever played that uh, Mega Drive game called The Immortal. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of that, just in like okay. kind of just an the eight, wizard going through bit, in the yeah. style. I don't know, just, it's that's the game I just thought of immediately when I saw mm-hmm. Playing this, obviously, it's not the same, but it just reminded me of that. But yeah, I think uh, I think what I like about this game is that it's actually a Spectrum exclusive game. Out of all this list, like yeah. Gaz said, like pretty much everything else here we've looked at is on other systems. So this is actually a, a Spectrum game, and uh, yeah, this could be done on anything else. I think it's not really you know in taxing on any <laughs> sort of level. Yeah. But it's but it's got but it is like a spectrum game, you know. It, this is this is the only way you can play this thing, and uh, that's kind of makes it a little bit more appealing, mm-hmm. at least at least for me anyway. And uh, yeah, so thumbs up. Maybe one day, yeah, maybe one day if I have more time, I can actually figure it out more. But as of playing what I did, I thought it was a pretty interesting and cool game. So thumbs up. There you go, Kingy. You happy now? <laughs> oh, all good, all good. Uh, was there any other games did you play that I threw at you? Uh, yeah, I played the Spectrum version of Zynapse. Mm-hmm. So that was, I don't know what, yeah. So <laughs> let me just, so obviously I played the C64 version and I really like that version, even though it is ridiculous. Re- ridiculously difficult Mm -hmm. like to the point where you want to just smash the computer i i I still like it even though it's like a masochistic game but uh the spectrum version is completely different um at least least i found it it's just it's like different Mm -hmm. it's not even like the same game um it's pretty good though it's and it's a pretty good satisfying shoot 'em up um it controls a lot better Controls so yeah, much yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. There's no inertia it's, or anything. It's, no, it's it's definitely it plays better. Um, I even think it. I, lo- I, I even think it looks better, to be honest. Uh they they both look so completely different. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even seem like the same game to me, so I can't even judge it that mm-hmm. way. I, I like the look of the C64 one. Um, this the Spectrum one is like a different game, as far as I'm concerned. It is. It is. It even, it's it's so different, but it's pretty good shoot 'em up. Uh, I wasn't uh, I was expecting just the same yeah, game, yeah, yeah. you know, with like with like dumbed down sound, mm-hmm. but you know, but no, it's it's completely different and it's quite good. And another game which is I would never have expected that, yeah, you know, yeah. different versions. 
um that's that's what's cool like uh some somebody else mentioned that also like earlier in the po- podcast that you know the modern games when they come out they basically carbon copies of each other it's you can't even tell the difference anymore Mm -hmm. like which is playstation 5 or xbox you know you can't you can't tell it's just the game but when these like the older games came out they were like sometimes you could get like just completely different versions Mm -hmm. of them Mm -hmm. and that's always like super interesting so yeah i mean it's quite good yeah it's actually my top five it's in my top five Mm. spectrum games i love it i think it's freaking awesome I actually played that yeah. one first, then the C64 version. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought, oh, let me the C64 oh. version. I was like, oh, jeez, I didn't like it. It's, it's oh, got this yeah. inertia to it. And even worse is the, oh, God, play the Atari ST version. I dare you. Oh, okay. wow. It's so yeah. bad. It's <laughs> Hugh, Early <laughs> Houston games on 16-bit machines don't oh, belong they terrible? They're Houston s- didn't know what, where they, what nah. they were doing on the 16-bit. No. They just had no clue. It was all about graphics, and still they didn't yeah. do that great. But it's, Yeah. Yeah. Questionable. Yeah, cool. All right, cool. Uh, this is our second last uh, contribution. This is Dave from Rose Tinted Spectrum. So, yeah, we had him on the show a few shows ago too, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, here's his contribution. Here we go. I got my ZX Spectrum when I was very young, and it's definitely one of the earliest memories I had. It was bought by my parents one Christmas, who clearly noticed my obsession with the local arcades at the age of four or five, and decided to, in their own way, try to bring those arcades home. Micros were the big thing in the early 80s. They were affordable for a working class family like mine, the games were pocket money prices, and if you were old enough to give a damn, they were a great introduction to start coding. I grew up loving a lot of the games on the system, and I'm not one of these people who will sit there and tell you we've never had it better, because that's a complete lie. Gaming has improved drastically. The conglomeration of gaming into giant studios may not be where we expected it to end up, but development is still in the hands of everyone, just as it was back then. I have a big love for indie gaming because it has the same roots as that bedroom coding background. I'm going to make what I want to make for the people who enjoy it good on them. I say this because there were studios making games back then, but most of the games I owned were the basic budget titles. My parents refused to pay more than £3 for a game because they knew I probably wouldn't be able to get off the first screen anyway, so fair play to them. It gave me an appreciation for adapting to games, getting better at them, pushing through frustration until you can best whatever it is in front of you. I was used to small-scale platform games, text adventures, adventure titles as complicated as the Dizzy series, and and that was that. That was until around the year 1990, when a neighbour left for university. He'd upgraded to a newer, fancier machine, and so, on the day he left, a giant box of assorted cassette tapes was handed to me as a leaving gift. It can be difficult to understand these days just how mind-blowing something like that can be, with the ease of access we all have now to just downloading something whenever we feel like it. This was something else. A literal box of gold. It took years to go through them all, but I distinctly remember my time with one game in particular. That being Ocean's The Great Escape. I hadn't watched the film, I had no real idea what I was doing or what was going on, but I knew within minutes that this was a game unlike anything I'd ever played before. A living breathing world, characters who wandered the map independently of you, a schedule to maintain, Nazis to avoid, secret pathways to uncover, items to use. The Great Escape opened my eyes to what the ZX Spectrum could do with its limited memory in a monochrome scale. 
As with everything on the ZX Spectrum, I never completed it. I'm not even sure I managed to get anywhere at all. But the concept of a world inside a video game started for me right there, with a black and white isometric adventure in which Nazis tell you off for not eating your dinner on time. <laughs> Got away with words, hasn't he? Uh... I just love his dry humour. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, That's wow. Uh, this is a game I played a few times as a kid on a C64. and um, yeah, yeah, me too. I went into this. I knew what I was expecting, and um, mm. I could never understand this game. Um, I find, uh, look, again, look, Dave loved it, and, and all props to him. I know Kingy's a big fan of it too. Um, yeah, look, maybe I have to give it a chance or so, but I've, I tried. I tried really hard with this game. Uh, look, I went into this game not knowing what to do again. So I had to watch a few videos on how to play it. And I gave this a good 30 minutes and I really did try. I just couldn't gel with it at all. Uh, it's just a slow game for me. And again, this does not hold your hand. It just chucks you uh -huh. in this prison and you just don't know what to do. I've, I find that there's no direction. That, that's why I find this game. I yeah. don't like it. Yeah, I know. I know. Sometimes if a game holds your hand a bit too much, it's a bit too easy, mm -hmm. but you need something. And I just couldn't figure out how, just what to do. Um, again, like Avalon, I found a key that was hidden behind a, oh, the, like, guard tower. the guard tower. Like, how yeah. are you supposed to know that? You know, and I only found that because oh, I watched the yeah. video. It's like, this is ridiculous. I found that when I originally played the C64 version, yeah. I think. But it was so random. There was just like no logic to it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just, I, I don't know. Look, I mean, obviously, like I said, he enjoyed it. but And I'm not trying to take it away from anybody, you know. Everyone everyone brought up differently what they played. and mm. But this is a game that, yeah, uh, it's not because it's a Spectrum game. I just think this is a very bad game. So, mm. and it's got nothing to do with the system. Yeah. Oh, this is me personally. I'm like, I, yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to be as honest as possible. I just didn't, don't like this game at all. And I found that the time stood still is, is the same kind of thing, dude. So you haven't missed out on anything. Uh, yeah. My, 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 my dreams. Yeah. Are dashed. I've, I've shattered <laughs> your dreams. Look, you know, obviously maybe I've got, I've got to get good as they say and give this game more of a chance, but it's just, it doesn't do anything for me. It's just not the type of game that I have patience for now you know, at my age. Yeah. You know, if, if, if I had prior knowledge of it and you had to play it prior, maybe I could pick up and play it now. But I just, I don't find it interesting. And I did try. I really did try. So sorry, Dave. Um, I tried my hardest, but I just, I just couldn't gel with it. And like I said before, it's not because it's a Spectrum game. It's just the game because it plays the same on the C64. So, yep, you to you, Brendan. Yeah, this is. I don't. I don't know whether I'd say this is a bad game. It's just a game that I just don't connect with. Like mm -hmm. I just, it just does. I, it's so. <laughs> it's hard to figure out what you have to do in this game mm. when it comes down down to it. And this is coming from a person that's seen the movie multiple times. I okay. watched it as a kid, like with my dad. So I know what was the whole goal and everything yeah and and the game the game does a pretty good interpretation of that you know of like that 
concentration prison life, like what mm-hmm. you had to do. You had to go to roll call so they wouldn't yeah, notice yeah. that you're missing. It's it's like the movie, right? Really, like, and you got all the hidden tunnels. You push the bed mm. and uh, all little pieces of furniture out the way and you've got your tunnel behind there i remember finding that in the c64 and i thought it was super cool and Mm. you can go hard stuff in there which is awesome but having you know it's it's one thing like when games like give you too much like throw you into these tutorials where they actually annoy you because they telling you to press a to jump when you're like give me a break dude mm-hmm. i've played a game before yeah yeah yeah. but yeah. this but th- but this one is just like nope you know nothing you know absolutely nothing yeah. and i understand like obviously i played games back then so they weren't usually tutorials but this one it just feels like you just don't know what you're doing yeah and where where you even have to go you hear the alarm bell going off which is like the roll call getting back there in time is impossible at least on the c64 version but mm-hmm. it moves at an even slower pace the spectrum one actually goes way smoother and faster mm-hmm. um i noticed that immediately the 64 has this like kind of really choppy frame yeah. frame frame rate to it and it's it made it really annoying uh to play but uh yeah, I just don't know, you know, this game's too, it's too, like, I don't know. It's too, you just don't know what to do. So it's monotonous. It's, it's just, it's, yeah, I, I feel it's empty. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, if, if I knew, like, understood, like, some of the, like, goals of it like we have to go and what you should be doing besides like pushing furniture apart and going in tunnels and hiding yeah. stuff i don't really know what else you're supposed to be doing like yeah you can find a key and you can open the doors um i did that but then get in the room you're just like what am i supposed to be doing now yeah. it's just weird i mean i played the uh they made the great escape they remade it on the ps2 i don't know if you ever played that one no, no. did you no. It's actually pretty good. That's mm-hmm. what I imagined, like, this game, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. it's like taking that basic concept and putting it into, like, full, like, 3D with, like, a person walking around. Mm-hmm. You can understand it more, you know, like, you got that much better visual interpretation. But uh, as far as it goes, I think it's a, I think it's a fine game. It's decent. I don't know how to play it, though. So, but I can see that there's something there. Um, but I couldn't, I just don't know how to play it. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was tough. It's tough. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Thanks for that, Dave, for that submission. And our last one is Stewie from um, Twitter. He's on the Twatters. He's a, he's a big lover of the ZX Spectrum. So I thought that to him, I said, would you want to talk about the ZX Spectrum? So yeah, he's a, he's another one from Scotland. So um, here we go. This is our last one for, for the show. Hi there, Daz, mate. It's Stewie from Stewie's Retro Gaming here. Uh, thanks very much for contacting me um, with regards to this ZX 40-year anniversary because uh, uh, I really have some major fond memories of this wee rubber-keyed uh, microcomputer. It's uh, one of the best wee computers I've ever owned. I've some great memories with sitting with my dad uh, programming wee clone versions of Space Invaders and all kinds of stuff out of the magazines uh, of uh, Spectrum, I think it was like ZX user or Spectrum user. It was just an amazing 
an amazing wee machine uh, and I still love it to this day. Uh, I've still got games for it still um, on my shelf and uh, one of my all time favourite games for that machine has always been the Ninja Epic Saboteur uh, by Jarell. Uh, it's just one of those games that I've, I've went back to time and time again. I've done speedruns on it, I've played it right through, there's like nine difficulty levels on, on the game and it really does change the game a lot um, as you increase the difficulty, it changes the way the level's laid out, it changes that you have to open certain doors, you have to disable bombs, you have to pick up uh, like the computer disc to stop the, the timer and all kinds of stuff. It's an amazing game, it really is. Uh, and it's got such a distinctive soundtrack as well. Uh, it's one of those ones that just I can hear it in my head right now as I'm talking. <laughs> it's incredible. It's, I would recommend to anybody that's listening at all, they want to play one ZX game, just one game only, that is the game I would say to the, for them to play. It's just an absolute epic um, game and one I've always loved. Um, playing, it's really, really superb. I feel such good memories of that wee machine. Um, just um, play, even play, I think I'm sure I played it with my, my auntie as well. Um, we played it back in the day. We used to play it when she was babysitting me. Um, we used to play Saboteur, and uh, I'm sure we played one night as we were watching Cannonball Run <laughs> on the TV. We were sitting playing that game as well. And she was using her wee um, thing, a wee blow dart, a wee three piece below that um, that she had uh, to, and we would set up some uh, action force which is like G.I. Joe's we'd set them all up on the counter to shoot them uh, with the with the blow darts like the, obviously because we'd been all hyped up with playing this ninja game on the <laughs> on the spectrum uh, it's, it's such an amazing machine um, and I'm really it's, it's incredible to think it's 40 years since that machine came out and I still it's, it's still a part of me and who I am as a gamer and always will be. It's where I that's where I began um, my my real gaming journey, and it was for an 8-bit machine. It was spot on and so so good. So I, I really hope you have an absolutely fantastic show, and I hope you enjoyed my wee delve into my my memories there. And happy gaming to you all. Take care. Catch you later. Bye for now. You can tell he reached into his memories then, yeah. <laughs> you can just hear it in his yeah, voice. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Those are always the best stories. Yeah. Just those little simple things about if you look at the G.I. Joe's yeah. Action Men, whatever he was talking about. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah G.I. Joe used to be called Action Force. I remember okay. that. Okay. Not in yeah. Australia. Not in Australia. In South Africa they were, yeah. yeah. They were called Action Force. And then mm-hmm. they just... They're the exact same figures, and yeah. then the boxes just changed one day. And yeah. you're like, what? Yeah. G.I. <laughs> like, Joe. What happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's G.I. Joe now? <laughs> I loved I loved G.I. Joe's. But I did love Saboteur as well. This was a great yeah, game too. to finish the reviews off with. Um, not much else I can really say. I mean, I, I grew up playing it on the C64. Spectrum version was pretty mm-hmm. much identical. There's not really much difference toward either yeah, of them. Same same game. They, contro- they control great. You know, the, the sounds very sparse, but it works. Mm. You know, it's a stealth yeah, game. I like it. Yeah, doesn't need. It's, it's, doesn't need music. It's, it's yeah, it's like Impossible Mission. It's very sparse mm-hmm. with the sound, but it's very atmospheric. That's correct. Yeah, to, to what it is, right? Yeah, 
And no, it's not much I can really say about this, but it's it's a great, it's it's fun. I love it. I totally agree with him. I think it's a fantastic game. It's aged great. It's still fun today. I found I wasn't bored. Um, sequel's good too. I have to admit, mm. I'm gonna throw that in there. Yeah, I'll, I like, I the, like sequel. the second one. Yeah, I don't like the the he re-released. I forgot his name. The guy that made it. Uh, so, yeah. So yeah, I apologize. I know it. Uh, yeah, I can see. I can even see it. his face. Yeah, so yeah. I just, I can, me too. His name. I, I, oh, what yeah. is this? Damn, that's yeah, I apologize. I apologize. Uh, but yeah, I didn't like because he released it on the Switch and I didn't like it. It mm. just doesn't feel right. I had the ZX Spectrum 64 graphics as well. Um, then it was a kind of a I modern kind look of, to it. I kind of enjoyed those because yeah. you could play it however you wanted to. Yeah, oh, you could I don't know. switch it all up. I it didn't feel right to me. I don't know. It just didn't feel mm. the same. Mm. But uh, no, nah, it was great. Great pick, Stewie. Um, love the game. Great. Yourself? Yeah, I, I've, I, I enjoyed that. Anything with ninjas back in the day yeah, was just yeah. super awesome, obviously. Um, he's totally right about the uh, difficulty level in that game. It's unlike any other game where, like, you know, they were just usually just you change the difficulty and they just throw twice the amount of enemies at you. That's not so the levels do change. That saboteur is about. Yeah, it oh, adds all know. like little things to the mission, uh-huh. objectives, and all just like you know tiny little details. Yeah, which if you if you played the game a lot, you would like notice like, hey, what's this thing? You know, yeah. you can use this now. What is this for? Yeah. So that's like a cool aspect of it. So even though it's just like one building, a uh, saboteur, like mm-hmm. um, that you can go up and go up and down, whatever, uh, just by that crazy amount of difficulties you can change. And there were a lot of different difficulties. I think it was eight or nine or something like that. And you could completely change the gameplay. And yeah. uh, it's pretty unique. It's got ninjas. So, And the <laughs> Spectrum version... Um, I noticed it ran just a little bit smoother than the C64 one, but it's so minuscule. Like, yeah. They're basically the same games. So if you, you know, if you played that, uh, it's also another good choice uh, because Saboteur was originally a Spectrum game. So it's that's the original, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's a great game. So that was our last review. It was a lot of fun to do. And thank you so much to everybody that contributed. They're putting their time. Yeah. We know everyone's busy, so we really appreciate what everyone has done to, to help us yeah. out and um, celebrate. The that Z really made it. That really made it. It did. It did. Yeah, so yeah, coming from this, uh, basically C64 um, background here, look, uh, um, I've always been a fan so of this computer. So uh, do we have a new fan in you? It's... It's definitely, um, I'm warming up to it a lot more. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Especially the new stuff. Um, yeah. I'm not saying the old stuff we looked at is not good. Uh, there were some pretty good ones, but most of them you could get on other systems. Mm-hmm. Um, Avalon is very uh, interesting to me. But uh, it's definitely a system that's, I'm intrigued by it now. Mm-hmm. You know, before yeah. I would say, no. I'm not really interested in yeah. that because, you know, Whatever. Well, now I'm actually kind of intrigued. Yeah, so yeah. it's definitely like jumped up a level. Yeah. Um, if you played, if you had this back in the day, obviously you're going to have super nostalgia for it, just like mm-hmm. anything. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter what your first uh, gaming console or computer was, even if it was like a real piece of trash, you know, maybe, maybe it was Atari Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna think that yeah. The, 
you can you can have super nostalgia for those games, right? And I understand that. Ah, um, <laughs> oh, the Atari Jaguar, you're pushing it though. Hey, yeah, dude, yeah, you're pushing it. You're pushing. There's it. somebody. Is there? There's one person that finds it that nostalgic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be. There'd be a few people out there. Uh, I've got to yeah, make so, that. One. I've got a couple of friends that love uh, the thing. Yeah. So, like you know, uh, I think it was. This was actually a really interesting episode when Daz first mentioned this one. Who wants to do this? I was like, ah, you know, really? Oh, <laughs> should we? Are we gonna do this? Because we. We basically don't know much about the spectrum. Well, he obviously knows more, way more than yeah. me. I was like, this is, I don't know if I will have anything to say. You know, it's mm-hmm. always like, a, if you're doing a podcast, you've got to say something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like you can make a video and let the video talk. You That's have right. to say something. So it was interesting. Uh, playing all these games is definitely, uh, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And hearing everybody's uh, thoughts on them and... Uh, I think this was cool. I think maybe we'd even look at doing other other systems th- that think, we may think, not know yeah. much about, which I think would be pretty uh, pretty fun. Yeah, I like I like that idea. I think it's a great idea because yeah. you know you... because it's also looking at we we're not nostalgic about the system, so yeah. I think it, it it's actually an advantage to doing a show like this uh-huh. because we're not just gushing over it like anything else right That's so right. and we're not, at least we can and, yeah, give an and, honest and, and, opinion yeah and we're not pretending that we know everything about it and if we make a mistake about oh, no. a, yeah. the system it's like well we don't know we don't know much yeah, about we this. don't know what you're talking about so. yeah yeah so we need we <laughs> need the community to teach us out. yeah we need the community to mm. teach us so and this is where yeah. this this episode come in you know and we've given our, our honest um opinion and reviews on on the games that were given to us I think it's only fair that we do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. Look, I wouldn't say like it wasn't a dumpster fire or anything. You know, like there were there were some games that were a bit. You know, for me, were a bit like yeah, you know. But I don't even think I'm not blaming the system for that. I'm blaming the game. You know what I mean? Mm. So, and yeah. look, I mean, probably my favorite game. I reckon let's just do something quickly. A favorite game and our least favorite game that we reviewed. Ah, uh, you know what? Mm. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it to Target Renegade for me, because I was mm. actually surprised on how good it was for me. Um, yeah, look, probably my least favorite would be Sorry Dave would be the Great Escape because I just look. I mean, not that because it's a bad game, but I just didn't know what to do. What about you? What was your favorite? Least favorite? Yeah, it's my favorite was a toss up between Avalon and Target Renegade. I think Target Renegade was just instantly more fun, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think if if I had more time with Avalon, I w- that's the kind of game I'd gravitate towards like mm-hmm. overall and enjoy it more because it just feels unique to me. doesn't feel like anything mm-hmm. else. And as far as like the, the worst game, um, it's a toss-up between The Great Escape and How to Be a Complete Bastard. I just... <laughs> You know, I think it's, just it's doing much for me. It's, I think I think it's a lack yeah. of direction in those games. That's why I feel. Yeah, they just know. throw you in, and then you just you're there. Yeah, like okay, uh, and doing objectives or whatever you were doing didn't really feel satisfying. So yeah, yeah. those ones just didn't do it. But uh, overall, that's. Uh, Pretty good selection, actually. Even though these most of these you could get on other systems. All right, I can we'll leave it at that. Thanks again. Thanks to everyone that contributed. Thanks to everyone that listened in. 
Yeah, and of of course, th- big thank you to Gary Arnett for doing our um, icons, and thank you to Mr. Jerome Tell for the awesome music intro and outro music. And with that, we shall let you go. Until next time, au revoir. Cheers. Yes.